Well, today on the podcast, I have one of my former professors, uh, Mike Glitto from RTS Orlando. Uh, we're going to discuss the Bible and the whole concept that the Bible has a storyline. And so, Professor Glitto, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. You're welcome. Great to be with you, Tommy. I appreciate the invitation. It's one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, no, this is great. Uh, first, can you just introduce yourself a little bit to our, to my students particularly, uh, maybe um, you know, where you're from? Sure. Yeah, um, I'm a professor at Reformed Theological Seminary in Orlando. I taught Old Testament for 20 years, uh, New Testament for 10 of those years. I teach preaching and also pastoral ministry, so I've taught a lot of the different stuff and love it all. Um, I've been there almost 25 years uh, and uh, actually grew up as a Midwesterner, not too far from St. Louis in Illinois. I was raised in a Christian family, and we'll say more about that in a minute in terms of spiritual background, but um, I went to University of Illinois, uh, Fighting Illini. I got an accounting degree, and I went to St. Louis and worked in one of the big firms, and I was um, there for, well, in business for about four or five years before I started feeling some tugs toward uh, ministry, and so that's where I left business and went to seminary and became a pastor and ultimately a teacher. Um, my wife is uh, from not far from where I grew up, uh, and I met her in St. Louis. She's a Christian school teacher, and she's taught in public schools too. We've been married about uh, 35 years soon, and um, we have two adult children. Uh, one, my daughter, works for an Ivy League school in the music administration area. <clears throat> it's real involved in uh, uh, helping provide music opportunities to people in underserved public schools in her work at the university. And uh, I have a son who works for a defense contractor and he's uh, of course working from home, still living with us right now. He just graduated from uh, Stetson last year and um, I pastored a small church, big church. Uh, I pastored at a church that was uh, basically across the street from Ferguson, Missouri. Some of your students might've heard, Ferguson, so I've been in urban context as well as suburban, and and I've worked, besides my teaching staff, I've worked with a lot of churches in both uh, official roles and in just, um, you know, helping roles, so um, that's some of my professional stuff. Um, I like music. Most of my music listening is Americano, folk, classical, uh, and pretty much anything in between. Um Billy Springs is my latest uh, favorite, if anybody out there hasn't heard of him. Um, I like good films, that is, films that tell stories and films about characters, and also like good literature. Um, I I don't want to say that I'm like a voracious reader, but I mean, I've always enjoyed good stories, and I think that's why that's why I like reading the Bible a lot, Tommy, because, uh, and that's why I like this subject a lot too, because I think one of the greatest skills to read the Bible well is to know how stories work and how characters work. And because the Bible is an amazing piece of literature. Well, thanks professor Glodo. Uh, you know, I guess with that, uh, can you share a little bit about your own Christian experience and maybe even particular with the Bible? Like when, when did you start reading it? 
when it, you know, kind of the pieces started coming together as it were, mm. uh, when it started yeah. making, making sense. Yeah. That's a great, uh, great kind of tie in, uh, isn't it to our, our, uh, our theme. Um, as I said earlier, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents believed the Bible was God's word and, uh, a lot of the people I went to church with did. Some of my pastors weren't sure about all the parts. So I, I kind of grew up in a, in a church that had a more of a traditional past, but, you know, one of the churches didn't have quite as much confidence officially, at least in the Bible as um, maybe I do today. But so I got, you know, I got, I got Bible reading. I remember in fifth grade, I memorized the 23rd Psalm and got a hamburger and French fries from my Sunday school teacher for doing that. So, um, but that was a good foundation uh, for when I went away to college. And uh, I lived in a fraternity house uh, and a campus ministry uh, similar to yours came into our fraternity house. And it was during that time that I actually began to study the Bible and study the Bible with other people. And it was actually the first time where I remember, you know, somebody opening the Bible and saying, let's read this. And now I will tell you what it means. So, you know, expository Bible teaching became which was kind of new to me at that time became a, a big part of my, my understanding of God and my, my approach to God. And then when I moved away, when I graduated from college and moved to St. Louis, you know, I really was looking for a church that just preached the Bible because I'd had this taste for it, you know, and in the campus ministry. Um, and so while the tradition I grew up in, I, I, I visited churches in that tradition, and nobody was preaching from the Bible. I found this one church that they did, and I, that's where I stuck and stayed. And so it was it was during that time, Tommy, that I began to experience what we call expository preaching, where the pastor would stand up, read the Bible, and preach a sermon about what the Bible meant. And I just I just remember so vividly, Tommy, that uh, having this sense of God is speaking to me through what this man is saying kind of thing. And, um, that, that was all kind of in line with the trajectory I'd been on since a child, but it was kind of when it all came together. And then the last thing, and then, uh, uh I'll finish my answer and we can talk about something else. But I remember the summer before I went to seminary, I taught a singles Bible study at my church and I decided for some reason to teach you the book of Hebrews. And that was like the last brick in the wall, because as I studied the book of Hebrews and taught it, I realized and more and more how the whole Old Testament was about Jesus Christ. And that that and then I was just ripe for my seminary training, which just taught me how that was so. Yeah, that's good. And it's good to hear, because one thing with RUF, we talk about, you know, just personal Bible reading, but how that connects with smaller groups. And then particularly we are, are you left? We tell our students um, every week uh, that this is not necessarily the church that we want you to go to church on Sunday mornings and hear the very uh, preach word of God. Uh, so it was neat how God used all those things in your own life. Um, yeah. I mean, I, if I could encourage the students, you know, you, you love Tommy and you love the ministry there and God has sent them and, sent him and the ministry there for you, but you know, please listen to Tommy when he tells you, you know, go find your mother, go find your spiritual mother, whether it's in Jack's or, or whether it's back in your hometown, because, um, you know, uh, as, as one of the ancients said, no one has God as his father, 
unless the church is also his mother. Exactly right. So today on the podcast, uh, Professor Glotto, um, I want to talk about this whole idea that the Bible has a storyline. Um, and uh, I know talking to my own students, I often get this weird look, uh, you know, because you have this, this Bible that is one book that has 66 different books, but at the same time, uh, they hear me over and over going, there's a story to this, uh, and they get confused. Um, mm. So what, what do I mean? What do we mean uh, to, as we discuss the Bible has a storyline? Yeah, that, that's a rev- this is a revolutionary idea. Uh, for, for a lot of people, probably, the Bible is like a box of dominoes or something like that. And, you know, just, you know, you pull one out and look at it. And, you know, the, the, and, and the, the history is a, some, it's hard to penetrate. And there's different kinds of literature in the Bible. There's Psalms, which are like songs. There's Proverbs, which are Proverbs. There's narratives. There's, so there's all kinds of, of types of literature. But um, when you step back and look at it and read it as a whole, uh, the first thing is you're actually reading it the way the Bible says it's supposed to be read. Uh, that, that the Bible teaches that um, what has come before is being fulfilled in the, in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. The 24th chapter of Luke's gospel, Romans chapter 15, the whole book of Hebrews. So, so the Bible says, read it this way. And so uh, how do you read it this way? Well, one way of reading it as a, as a single story is reading it as a story of Jesus as the final act in a story which began at creation. So the, 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 the story of the Bible begins at creation and, and, a, and, a, and some real good, neat categories, I guess, to, to, to follow this storyline is you have creation, uh, where God creates the world, he creates people with a purpose, and then you have what the fall, which is humankind disobeying God and all the consequences that come into the world because of it, and then God immediately, after the fall, promising his work of redemption. So creation, fall, redemption, and redemption is the story that begins in Genesis 3 and goes through all the way through the end of the Bible and resulting in ultimately uh, what I will say is consummation. Some people use the word restoration, but the the end result of God's redemption is actually more than the beginning uh, of creation. So uh, to say the Bible has a storyline, a good way to thinking of it is creation, fall, redemption, and then either restoration or consummation. Uh, where, the, where the story of redemption begins is in Genesis 3.15, where God promises a seed of the woman that is a, a descendant of Adam and Eve will bruise the seed of the serpent, that is uh, not just the descendants of the devil, but the descendants of fallen humanity. And um, ultimately, Jesus Christ is a fulfillment of that. Uh, so there are lots of pieces, just like any good story. There are lots of plots, subplots. There are overtures. There are refrains. Uh, there are different movements. And, uh, and yet it all coheres together just like a symphony or just like um, um, a, a grand story. And, and with that, kind of within the that storyline, you know, like you just mentioned, there's more than kind of meets the eye than just kind of creation, fall, redemption. So what are some 
sub themes or some some points that kind of tie that string together mm -hmm. to kind of keep the story going as a yeah. Whole. And I like the way you put that because it's not just one thick string, but it is a, it's strands that are woven together. Uh, one of the big ones I see is uh, uh, that actually begins in creation and goes throughout is God is the protector and the provider. Because in the creation, you have God organizing order out of chaos, because chaos is threatening and, and, and order is safe. So you have God making order out of chaos, and then he fills that order with plants and animals and birds and fish and ultimately with human beings. And so, so uh, it's kind of subtle, but when the Bible says in the beginning the earth was formless and void— that's in actually the second verse of Genesis. Uh, in some ways, the whole rest of the Bible story is how God remedies that. For instance, he says to Abraham at one point, I will be your shield and your great reward. You think about that. To, to be a shield is to be a protector, a preserver from the chaos. Uh, to be reward means to be provider. He was going to give Abraham the promise line. You see this with Israel going through the wilderness, God protects them and God provides for them. And so that's, that's even though I don't hear a lot of people mention that, uh, God as protector and provider is one or uh, shield and reward. Um, another big theme is God being faithful, uh, God making his promises. And some of those promises are what we call covenants. And so God will make a promise in a covenant or promises. And then the, the story will go forward from there of how he keeps his covenant, even when his people don't keep their, keep, keep hit their end, God is faithful to keep his. Another one that's probably pretty big is the whole theme of exile and restoration. Uh, because Adam and Eve's being driven from the garden, that's, that's like the exile that Israel experienced. And just like God promised Adam and Eve a redeemer, God also brought Israel back from exile, uh, and the whole story of Jesus is wrapped up in that. And that story even continues in, say, a book like First Peter, where God's people, followers of Christ, are aliens and strangers even while they live as citizens on the earth, waiting for um, God's uh, restoration. Uh, creation has a lot of subplots in there. When you see bread and light and, and water, you know, Jesus said he would give the woman at the well living water. These are, these are long-standing themes. That, uh, and and, and it, it's like, I don't know if you've ever gone to a movie. I'm sure everybody's experienced this. You go to a movie and then you say, oh, that was a good movie. And then you start talking to your friends about it. And all of a sudden, you start putting pieces together together. And you just want to go watch the movie again because they saw things you didn't, you saw things they didn't. And so these plots and subplots uh, are all woven together brilliantly, not just by one author, one human author, by the way, but you have all these different human authors over centuries. And that's, I think that's part of the divine reality of the Bible is God is the one who is ultimately the author. So those are those are some things that stick out to me, um, Tommy, as far as major themes. 
Um, and kind of maybe, you know, as students get more familiar with the storyline, uh, what's some advice would you give a student uh, as they're just starting to maybe read the Bible? Like, like you mentioned your own story that uh, maybe that was something you started maybe the first time in college. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So where would you tell students, like, this is where you need to start. Here's maybe a, a resource or two. Often we feel like this, the Bible is this thing that dropped off from heaven and mm-hmm. we're trying to get caught up in a story, um, but we don't know. Well, I think the, the, the place to go, you, immediately you start with Leviticus, right? <laughs> um, now, that, that's the, kind of the joke, right? You know, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. I'll start in January 1, and by February 22nd, I'm in Leviticus, and I'm bogged down. And yeah. So, what, you know, I try again next year. But, um, no, seriously, um, there are different ways in which we read the Bible. And one way we should read the Bible is what I would call like a meditative or contemplative way of reading, which probably would be something you would read the Psalms for or the Proverbs for. There's a little book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer called Psalms, the Prayer Book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and by reading the Psalms, you're not just learning things about God, but you're actually reading words that God has given us to use as prayers. And so learning to read the Psalms devotionally and pray the Psalms back to God, that's, uh, that would be one thing. Um, as far as understanding the storyline of the Bible, you know, Genesis is super huge, important, uh, because it, in the first 11, 12 chapters of Genesis, you get the, basically the story, the, the history of the world, even the world today. Um, uh, and, uh, now it's, it's distant and obscure, but, uh, with some little helps, it's not inaccessible, um, you know, sometimes people are put off by the strangeness of the Bible, but I was joking about Leviticus, but, you know, you probably have some students who are hardcore Tolkien fans who have read the Silmarillion. You know, <laughs> you know uh, that's, if you can read the Silmarillion, you can read the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Or if you, could, if you could go, you know, four novels deep into Harry Potter, you can read the book of Genesis. It, it's, you know, anytime you read something, that is substantial. You have to enter that world, and we do it so comfortably with other things that we're interested in. Um, that uh, the, we shouldn't uh, let ourselves be daunted from the Bible by just the fact that it's a strange world. That's how you enter the world, right? You jump in and you start learning your way around the world. So Genesis would be important, and I would say you know reading a, one of the Gospels. Mark's Gospel is. Uh, a really a terrific way to start because it is a gospel of action and of encounter with Jesus. It keeps tapping you on the forehead to answer the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And by the time you're done, you know, you're like, um, you know, the Roman centurion who says this man is the son of God. Um, so Mark's gospel is good. Uh, if you want to get some little helps along the way, you know, find a good story Bible. Ask Tommy for some recommendations. Uh, the ESV study Bible is good. Um, I contributed some some stuff to a Bible called the Gospel Transformation Study Bible, which has notes that help you see how each part of the Bible fits in with the story of Jesus. 
there's also a little paperback book called The Bible's Big Picture. And if you want to read a book about the Bible, besides reading the Bible, uh, The Bible's Big Picture by Vaughn Roberts. Vaughn Roberts, that's a good little book. And, um, uh, and then, you know, besides all this, find yourself, find your way, not just to RUF, find your way to RUF, but find your way ultimately, importantly, to the church where you can begin to learn what the Bible says in community. And don't just, you know, try to figure it out, out on your own. Because what gives plausibility to the Bible story is, is the relationships with, with the church, the people of the church, and other Christians. Great. I, you didn't know this, but um, we're actually using Vaughn Roberts' book in our small groups this semester. Excellent. Excellent. So we, um, our students, will, we're going to do these things called quads. Um, uh, good. Glad you're, glad you're reading Roberts' book. Yeah, that's good. And it, well... We'll talk about later, but thanks for uh, taking the afternoon and to hang out a little bit and to just share with my students about God's word. Terrific. It's been an honor, Tommy. I, I, I uh, appreciate you so much and, and respect your ministry so much. And uh, I know your students love you and uh, 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 it's been an honor to be with you. Awesome. Thank you so much.